welcome to the Discernible Podcast. Let's go. Like most people in business, the thing I'm in short supply of is not actually money, it's time. There's so many things that we want to do with our days, but we just don't quite get around to them. And you know, it's strange because in terms of time and hours in the day, I'm equally as wealthy as people like Jeff Bezos, as Bill Gates, Tony Robbins, Oprah, Sarah Blakely, all these titans of industry, even people like uh, Gary Vee, who are producing a million pieces of content a day. I have the same number of hours as him, and yet I'm producing one piece of content a week. And I've been wondering why these people are so much more productive with their time. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to I've not been very good at managing my time. A lot of us aren't, right? That's why the macro priority matrix has been changing my life. The MPM for short uh, is a graph and it's available on discernible.io slash priority matrix. But for the purposes of listening, I guess I'll have to describe it. If you imagine, um, well, let's first talk about where it, what it's based on, because it's a more complex version of what it's based on. It's based on the Eisenhower boxes, which is also a graph. And President Dwight Eisenhower of the US, he was very productive. He was known as being someone who got a lot stuffed into his day. People asked him, why are you so productive and how are you so productive? And his response I always found fascinating because he, well, there's a quote, right? This is what he said. That which is urgent is never important. And that which is important is never urgent. I found that very interesting because he made a distinction between urgent and important. And that's something that we conflate a lot. Uh, The things in our lives we think of as really, really important they're generally things that are urgent. We think it's important, but it's just urgent. And if we can learn to make a distinction between urgent and important, uh, we'll be able to more accurately sort of put tasks in our day and prioritize our time, not just in our day, but also in our lives. If you um, look at the uh, Eisenhower boxes, which I should put on that page as well, um, there are four squares and basically we want to separate um, urgent tasks on the left. So the, two, the the top left square and the bottom left square are urgent. And on the right hand side is not urgent. So the top right is not urgent. The bottom right is not urgent. So if you have a task um, along that X axis that is really urgent, it would be on the left. And if it's not urgent, it would be on the right. But then you can also divide the boxes vertically up and down on the Y axis. So you can have on top Uh, The top two boxes are important things and the bottom two boxes are not important. So we have uh, four boxes now. You've got in the top left things that are urgent because it's on the left and important because it's at the top. And um, I guess that goes against Eisenhower's quote. But these e-boxes or these Eisenhower boxes were um, not created by him. They were created afterwards and um, they're based on his his distinction between important and urgent. So we have four things, urgent, important at the top left. We call these things emergencies because they're the, the types of fires and crises that we have to deal with right now. I mean, if you think about things that are super, super urgent, like your, uh, your building is on fire or your point of sale system has gone down in your cafe, that is super, super urgent because customers can't pay you for their coffees. And it's super important because you're not making any money to pay your bills and your staff and and run your business. So that's an emergency and you have to deal with it right now. But if you move over down to the bottom, 
so things that are still urgent because they're on the left hand side, but you go down the bottom left box. Now things that are urgent and not important. Um, these are very interesting things that we spend a lot of time doing in corporate environments. These things are called interruptions because they're very, very urgent, but they're not at all important. This would be like someone knocking on my office to come and give me a muffin. And then someone else knocks on to say, hey, did you see the weather? And then someone else knocks on to say, did you see the game on the weekend? All of these things are urgent in the sense that they're standing at my office. I can't ignore them. They're, they're, they're there, right? Um, but they're not important. Same as if I'm at home and someone's knocking on my door to sell um in the video I made of this, I said, sell encyclopedias, but who sells in, that's never happened in my lifetime. Someone knocking on my door to sell encyclopedias at that old trope, but certainly people have knocked on my door to sell solar panels. And if I'm looking after my little one, um, then you, you hear someone knocking on the door. That's urgent. Yes. They're knocking, they're knocking, they're knocking, and they're not going to go away until you answer the door. So that's urgent, but it's not at all important. What's important is trying to get my baby to sleep. So that's an example um, or a few examples of interruptions. They're in the bottom left quadrant. And those, those things, uh, it, it's funny, we can often think that they're, they're the things that we need to attend to by sheer fact of their urgency. Uh, but as we'll go into, that's, that's a bad thing to be focusing on. The bottom right box is interesting. So that's bottom, remember the right hand side is the not urgent side. So the bottom right box uh, is not urgent and not important because down the bottom is not important. So now we have things that are called time wasters. They really, an example I thought of was uh, if there's a storage room at the back of your workplace that needs to be cleaned. Uh, well, that's not urgent. No one's seeing it. It's a storeroom. And second of all, it's not important. Um, so we call that a time-wasting activity. Uh, then the most important box, and that's the whole point of the Eisenhower boxes and the whole point of the macro priority matrix is the top right box. So the top right box is things that are, well, first of all, they're not urgent because they're on the right-hand side of the graph, but they are very important because they're at the top. And so this top right box uh, is all about activities that are going to help us improve our business. They're going to help us plan. Um, this is where we do our prevention and planning. Uh, because if you think about it, every time something's urgent and you've got a lot of t um, pressure on you to perform something, you're not sitting down and doing long-term vision casting and planning and market entry strategies and so on. Uh, that's all happening, uh, very important activities that are happening when uh, things are not urgent. And so that top right box, according to the Eisenhower boxes, has always been the place you want to spend your time. That's things that are, that's the quote, right? That's Eisenhower's quote. Things that are important are not urgent and things that are um, urgent are not important. Well, that's this box in the top right. It's not urgent, but important. And I think that's probably where he spent most of his time. So looking at this box uh, at the top right, spending time there, um, if you think about your day, you can plan out your day and say, look, I've got 10 tasks to do. Where do they line up into these four boxes? You might have clean the storage closet at the back, uh, get some more paper for the office, um, uh, fix the POS system and, um, and plan for the next month uh, marketing promos. Those four activities are from the four different boxes. So if we look at cleaning the storage closet at the back, that's not important. That's not urgent. That's a time waste of bottom right. Um, getting more paper for the office, that's urgent because you've run out of paper, but 
should you send out the head of sales to go and or the CEO to go and get paper? Uh, I don't think so. You've got 50 people in your office. I think you can find someone else to do it. So that's an interruption to his day. Uh, and then you've got the pause sale down. That's an emergency. And then you've got planning the next month of marketing. And that's um, planning and, and uh, uh, improvement and the top right box. The way you approach these things on your list is you have um, actions to take depending on which box they're in. So the top left box in the Eisenhower boxes, which is emergencies, they would say you need to do that immediately. And that's true. You would tend to those things immediately, like fixing the pause sale or putting out the fire because the cafe's on fire. Uh, the Eisenhower boxes would say the bottom left, the interruptions, you should delegate them to somebody else, um, which makes sense. If you are the CEO and you run out of paper, you would delegate someone from your office to go and buy more paper. The time-wasting box on the bottom right, uh, the Eisenhower box graph would say, do those things later. So yeah, we can we can clean that storage closet, but we'll do it later. And the top right is schedule it or plan to do it. The Eisenhower boxes says, this is where you need to put time in your diary to actually do those planning, improvement, and prevention stuff in the top right, the important stuff that's not urgent. Well, the Eisenhower boxes are good in that sense. I mean, that's how they work. But I've always found them very lacking. Well, a lot of analytical tools lacking, actually, because they're very static. They don't take into account movement. And that's why I prefer to use the macro priority matrix. If you look at the MPM, uh, the image on, on discernible.io slash priority matrix, it looks just like the four boxes we talked about with Eisenhower. There's the top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right, but they're divided up into different sizes. So you have, for example, the top right box, which is, uh, we'll call it the growth box. This is where we have all of the items that we uh, want to focus on and they're going to bring growth to our businesses and to our lives. Well, those things are, are not urgent, but important, and they should take up the majority of our time. So in the NPM graph, you'll see that the green box is huge. And the emergency box is, is a bit smaller, but it's still there. But importantly, the bottom two boxes, which are interruptions and time wasters, they are squashed right down to almost nothing. And the fact that these lines differ is because you can move them. It's a fluid thing. So your day may look like this today and different tomorrow. Uh, right now, this is an ideal MPM with lots of growth and very few interruptions and time wasters and, and some emergencies thrown in there. But this is not at all what a typical NPM looks like. A typical NPM looks like, I'll put this on that website as well, uh, looks like a really tiny shrunken growth box. So that's the, the top left red emergency box is huge. The bottom left interruptions orange box is huge. And the little growth box in the top right is tiny because we spend all of our time dealing with emergencies or interruptions. And this is often a sign of bad management, both of ourselves and of our people. You, if you work in a corporate environment, you know what I'm talking about. There is just constant interruptions and that's what you spend most of your day doing. Occasionally you'll get around to some of those growth items and your day will be punctuated by the occasional emergency. So your day is primarily on the left-hand side of the graph. Uh, and the, the key question is, if these boxes are dynamic, then we have the power to move them around. Where, How can we get from a typical NPM with lots of interruptions, uh, doing urgent stuff all day long. How can we change that to a more ideal NPM, which has a lot more 
not urgent tasks, which is on the right-hand side. Well, I have noticed that people tend to trade the right-hand side, so that's the not urgent stuff. They trade that for the left-hand side, the urgent stuff, because we as humans conflate urgency with importance. So if you think about people who spend a lot of time uh, sort of feeling, let's say if you're in between jobs, you spend a lot of time listless and purposeless, and you really feel like you want to do something more important, could that, what that means is you'd be in the bottom right box, not important and not urgent. It would be very easy to trade that box and to simply move left on the NPM graph or on the Eisenhower boxes. And that is simply moving left towards being more urgent. That is so attractive and it feels good. It's like a drug because urgency feels important, especially if you can move left and to the up, uh, to the top, which is the top left box, which is emergencies, which is urgent on the left, but important at the top. If you feel like what you're doing is really, really important and super urgent, then that gives you a lot of purpose. And we know this because when we're in crisis situations, in car accidents and, and attending to things, super serious and super urgent we really feel a sense of adrenaline and a sense of importance and everything else fades away and nothing really matters except this and those those are legitimate emergencies but to trade the the time wasting kind of purposeless life where things are not urgent and not important to simply trade that for urgency is crazy either you're going to trade it for emergencies and burn out you're going to spend all your time going from fire to fire putting things out that's kind of the worst managers you'll see in a Dilbert. Well, Dilbert's probably more the bottom left. But in, in some cartoon strips, you'll see people just putting out fires, running around with their heads chopped off like a chicken. That's people living in the top left quadrant. Uh, far more common, though, is for us to trade it for the bottom left quadrant, which is urgent but not important. So in both senses, we're not doing things that are important, but we trade it to be more urgent and makes it makes us feel more productive. But that's not productivity. Productivity is the top right box. Productivity is important tasks that are not urgent. See, when we, uh, when we have a lot of urgency, we cloud our thinking and uh, our decision-making process changes. It's only in those times when we put time aside and we do important things that are not urgent. So you remove the pressure of urgency that you can really come up with some creative ideas, some wise ideas, and yet this is why I think things like uh, float deprivation tanks are taking off, sensory deprivation tanks or float tanks, which I do, I discovered a year ago and I've been doing a lot. You go and you lie in this tank of uh, very, very salty water. It's very shallow. You can't drown it all. It's only five inches deep or 10 inches deep, uh, but it's full of hundreds of kilos of uh, Epsom salts, magnesium salts, and you float and you seal yourself in this pod and it's the temperature of your body, 37.5 degrees Celsius, and you can't see anything because the light's off, you can't hear anything, and you're floating, you can't feel anything. And that really takes away all the sense of urgency because that's what sensory stimuli is, what sensory input is. It, it's something you smell or see or feel or hear. They're all senses of, uh, sen yeah, they're all emergency type things, uh, urgent things that say, hey, look at me, listen to this. And then we decide whether that banging was important or not. Was that a gunshot? that's urgent and important or was it just a, a dog barking or something else a, a piece of wood fell over well that may have been urgent to our reptilian brains but that's not important so urgency really overrides everything we experience as humans 
And so the top right box, that's that's where obviously you want to trade things for. You want to start wherever you are and move to the top right box. Um, green growth, not urgent, but important. And that's really tricky. If you think about uh, some of the, the ways you could do that, you'd want to shrink the other three boxes. So how, how would you do that? If you were to have uh, a lot of time-wasting activities on the bottom right, uh, the NPM would tell you to ignore that. Uh, if you had a lot of emergencies, you just have to do those. Uh, but the key is the interruptions on the bottom left. If you have a lot of things interrupting your day, I've found that delegation is way underutilized. We think of delegation as hire someone to do it, but that's not what delegation means. Delegation, I work in artificial intelligence now, and before this was in drones and automation and, and, and sustainability, Tesla and that kind of stuff. And I've seen so many tasks being delegated to automation. Even now when I'm driving, if I'm, um, there's a whole bunch of, these Teslas keep getting new features rolled out all the time and they're getting more automated. So now it changes lanes for me. It navigates to off ramps on the, on the motorway. What's happening there is automation is actually delegating tasks away from a human to a machine. In the same way, we should be doing that with the interruptions in our lives. I think we can delegate things to processes. We can delegate them to systems. And and here's an interesting one, right? If we think about cooking, I love food and I love cooking, but I would spend an hour or so or more every night cooking. Well, I have a lot of important things in my life right now, just a really busy two, three year season. And the um, cooking was, was really squashing my growth column because cooking is an interruption. Even though I love cooking, it's not actually important. I mean, it's urgent because I have to eat. I'm hungry. But it's not important in when you compare it to things like growing my business or launching this store or spending time with my kids or, or whatever. So if I'm just by myself slaving away for an hour and a half every day, I decided to delegate that task to a different temporal period, a time period. So I said, look, instead of an hour and a half a day, I'm going to cook up a big stew. I love stews. So, uh, not soup, stew, thick, chunky kind of meals, but in a giant pot. I went and bought a giant pot from Kmart and I cook big, giant, meaty stews with veggies in them um, once a week. And so on Sunday night, I might spend three hours, but then I've got meals for six days until the next Sunday and, and sometimes longer if I can freeze some. So now I've effectively delegated a daily task to myself and I've delegated it to a different time period to, to mat on a Sunday instead of every day. And I'm doing it in three hours instead of instead of seven or eight, whatever I was spending. And so delegating interruptions away could could mean getting humans to do it for you. It could be systemizing things in, in Outlook on your computer is a very obvious one where you can automate things. You can get into some pretty fancy scripts that will do things for you. Uh, even in terms of home videos, you know, I, I have a lot of home videos that we take of kids and nowadays they're all digital, right? But then you end up with 15 gigabytes of video on your desktop and that's every couple of months. What do you what do you do with that? It's, it's just so big. And so I used to drag them into Premiere and then export them and just it just took forever. What I've done is I've learned to use something called the Adobe Media Encoder, which is like the back end of Premiere. And it literally, you can just queue up 100 videos and tell it to encode to a certain um, bit rate, file size, and hit go and go to bed. And all night my computer works and I wake up the next morning and that 
that 10, 20 gigabytes of videos are now three gigabytes uh, because I've downsampled the bitrate from 20 megabits per second to five megabits per second. And they still look great. So the point is delegating to auto automation and, and technology is what we should be doing with interruptions. And if you um, spend a lot more time in the growth area, um, it can actually feel strange because the things that you might consider important are on the left-hand side, they're urgent. And to, so to sit down and say, no, 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 I'm going to do these growth-oriented items can feel like a paradox. You know, to, to give an example, I remember at work, there were people going on about the Game Changers documentary. It's all about going vegan. The talk was about it. And I, it really felt urgent that I had to watch it because everyone's talking about it. You know, I'm not vegan at all, but just I'm the opposite end. But even even to just have a knowledge of what was in, in the documentary, it felt really urgent. It took me a while to watch it, but a few nights where I, I actually sat down and watched it um, over a couple of nights, I remember not exercising because I was busy checking out this vegan documentary, thinking that was important to do because everyone's talking about it at work but the truth is exercise is is way more of a growth item i mean exercise would be in the top right in the growth box that would be things that are very very important but exercise is never urgent when have you when has it ever been urgent to go and exercise it's always the thing that gets put off because it's in the important box and instead uh, oh look i yeah i didn't get to exercise last night because i was watch but i was watching the the game changers documentary to learn about veganism that that's crazy that was me doing an interruption an urgent but not important thing and squashing an item in my growth column and that's an example of what happens all the time when you conflate the two important and urgent we end up doing interruptions all the time and not doing our growth items and so this, this NPM has really been helping me realize that some of the growth items are really important to do, even if they don't seem as important as some of the more urgent stuff on the left-hand side. I should have gone to work the next day for the next month and just, I've never watched the documentary. I've never got around to it because I've, every time I get home, I'm exercising in my free time. You know, that's, that's a way more productive place to be. And I, I was talking to someone who hates their job and they ended up, spending so much time doing their job after hours way beyond what was required even though they hated their job and i showed them this macro priority matrix and i showed them how listen your job you hate your job so everything about your job is in the bottom band to you it's not important so either you feel like you're wasting your time in the bottom right quadrant doing time wasting activities so your job's not important and they want you to do something over the next three months. That's not urgent. That's time wasting. Or they're ratcheting up the pressure on you and saying this has to be done right the hell now. It's urgent. But to you, it's still not important. So it's in the bottom left box. That's interruptions. I said, how, how have you been going meeting up with recruiters in the city? Oh, I haven't done it. And how about sending out a bunch of um, targeted resumes? I know you do your general just flick out job applications everywhere. But have you looked at a couple of companies that you might like? kind of approaching the HR managers through LinkedIn or something like that. Haven't done that because I've been too busy with the urgent stuff. So I was trying to coach this guy, listen, you're thinking that it's more important to do the urgent stuff and it would be crazy to perhaps ignore or neglect some of those interruptions type activities you have in your job and go and have a lunch with a recruiter tomorrow. 
That was unthinkable to him. But at the end of the day, that's way more important for him to go and have this lunch with the recruiter because he needs to get out of this job that he absolutely hates. So it gave him confidence in his mind to have the macro priority matrix in in his mind that he had already put his priorities through the matrix to see that even if it feels strange that my phone is lining up with urgent emails, that I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to I'm going to either ignore that, delegate that away. I'm going to neglect it for a couple of hours or an hour while I go and have lunch with this recruiter in the city. It gave him the confidence to know that this was actually not a dumb decision as it might feel in the moment. It was a very wise decision. And so that's that's the macro priority matrix. And it's all, as I said, based around that idea of um, distinguishing between urgent and important. So it's really been helping me. Uh, my life has become way more productive. I've gone from producing very minimal amounts of content to now producing multiple amounts for uh, my wife's business and for mine, I would I would definitely uh, be using the NPM on a macro scale. I would be using it, well, I am using it on, on a, a broad scale, not of my day, but of what I want to do with my life. So I put things like health in, in the top right box and, and, I, and I really try and make more wise decisions just having viewed my daily activities through this matrix. And I wonder how many people are out there actually living their lives way skewed on the left-hand side of the matrix, constantly dealing with interruptions and emergencies. And then they wonder why their lives don't feel as fulfilled, or they wonder why they never get around to the things they wanted to do. So my plan now is to teach this to my staff. And that's going to be a real challenge because if you're a manager, you know that to your staff, you can often feel like an interruption. And sometimes um, you might be able to say something is not only urgent because I'm standing in front of you asking you to do it, but it's very important. And you escalate that to an emergency, do it right now. But most of the time we're asking our staff to do something and they see it as not important. And then it's just sitting in the interruption box for them. Well, I'm trying to figure out how I can show my staff that um, what I'm asking you to do is, is a growth item and how I can make sure I'm actually doing that. How can I make sure that I'm constantly putting things on their plate that are important, but not urgent? That's really difficult. It's so much easier for us to speak in the language of urgency and say, hey, this really needs to get done because, and then we talk about deadlines and urgency and, and ramifications of it not being done on time. But I'm wondering if we could actually stop saying, if I could stop saying that, if I could start talking about items to do in terms of their importance and really de-emphasize the urgency. In fact, if I can champion the non-urgent important things, that that is a huge cultural shift. I'm wondering how that's going to go. And I think that some of the best leaders that we have uh, in the world, in different companies, that's exactly what they do. They don't call it this. They don't talk about the macro priority matrix, but they they literally say things like, look, I, I just want to take stuff off your plate so that you can have the space and the mental space and the time and the the the, the fresh air and the, the capacity to think and to design and to come up with a creative solution for this problem with our supply chain or whatever it is. They're literally removing urgency from your plate. That's People are doing this all the time. I just don't think they realize what they're doing. They're moving people's minds away from the left-hand side of the graph and moving it to the right side. 
And this is so hard in terms of the technological world we live in. Everything is push notifications. Everything is telling you now, 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 now. I've turned all of those off. I've turned all of the notifications off. And when I want to check my emails, I check them. If I want to, and that discipline of I'm going to check my emails every hour, people say I only check them once a day. Well, good luck. Uh, if you're in a more important role where people are relying on you, you got to check your Slack, you got to check your WhatsApp, you got to check your Microsoft Teams, you got to check your email. So I might do it once an hour, but I choose. I do it once an hour, and that's reasonable. People, I'll get back to people within sort of 30 to 45 minutes because I'm checking it regularly. Uh, but at least I've completely removed the urgency, and I can get a good 45 minute run in, not physically running because I hate who likes running. I hate running a run of flow like i can get an activity going uh, without having an urgent interruption coming in my day so try the macro priority matrix it's a super cool way of looking at your time and i think it's really just describing what the best leaders in the world already do today the real key is going to be how do we implement this with our staff how do we create a culture of growth oriented activities I'm wondering if that's all we did, which is growth, 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 growth. What kind of results we might see in our businesses and in our lives. And you know what? I think that's exactly what Dwight Eisenhower did. I think he spent a lot of his time up in that category, resisting the urgent. And sure, he would have had to deal with emergencies. But when they say he got so much done with his his time, it's because he was planting so many seeds. He was doing so many growth, fruit-bearing activities in the top right, uh, pushing away the urgent stuff. It's fascinating. Thanks for joining me on the Discernible podcast. All resources that I talk about are always available at discernible.io. Everything we talk about is always about improving our, our business, improving ourselves, and improving the people around us. Because I think the better we all are as people, the better our worlds will be.